What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. This is episode 163. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. And this is part two of my discussion with David Lee. David Lee is the co-creator of Frasier and Wings, along with Peter Casey and David Angel. And last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the Jeffersons directing Cheers. And if you haven't heard that episode, after you listen to this one, Go back and check that one out. This one is fascinating. If you are a Frasier fan, this is going to be porn for you because this is all about the creation of Frasier, all of the inside stories, the decisions that were made, how the show was shaped and came to be one of the classics in television. So part two, my interview with David Lee this week on Hollywood and Levine. Cheers ends. It's nineteen ninety three, I believe. Yes. yes. What about Frasier? How did that come about? Uh, well, Wings was in its third or fourth season, third season, I think. Then, and Peter and David and I had sort of pulled back a little bit, and we're looking to do something else. And uh, Cheers was coming to an end, and Kelsey came to us and said he would like us to develop something with him. Uh, what we were all absolutely adamant about uh, Kelsey, Peter, David, and I was that it would absolutely not going to be Cheers related. So he wasn't going to play the character. Okay, so Frasier. he's not going to be Frasier. Mm -hmm. Yes, and um, we we came up with a, a notion for him <clears throat> that I think was referred to on one of your previous podcasts by by John Pike. He didn't get the story quite right, but uh, we had a notion that we pitched. We never wrote a script, uh, and it was about a Malcolm Forbes type guy who's in a motor accident, a motorcycle accident, and and runs his remaining empire from his bed and it was about his relationship with his home healthcare worker. You start to see little seeds of things that that appear later. And uh nobody liked it. Uh studio didn't like it. Network didn't like it. Did I, Kelsey like it? Uh he went along. Uh-huh. You know. Okay. Um and uh to his credit, John Pike is the one I really credit with finally I found out later conspiring with Warren Littlefield at the network <laughs> to get us 
to get off of that idea and to get on to the idea of doing a spinoff of Frasier. And uh, so that's what we did. I'm forever in their debt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, John talked about having to talk Kelsey into doing it mm-hmm. again. What about you guys? What were your feelings about going back and revisiting the world of Cheers and making him that character? Well, as I recall, our initial... Our initial um, uh, response and the reason we didn't want to do it is, you know, we're we've had our we've had our own series now. We don't need to go back and and be on the coattails of another. It was that I means really ego driven when I even as I say it now, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. Uh, but uh, I so prefer that answer <laughs> to, well, there was aftermash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but that. Although that wasn't a specific reason, there's also a danger in doing a, a spinoff of a beloved series. Don't I know it? <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> so that, that was playing into it. But as, a, as I as, a, as I recall, we it wasn't that hard to talk us into doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, I think if we'd really been set against doing it, we wouldn't have, would not have done it. Right. So. so the premise. How did that come about? Um. When we were on Cheers, we had um, we had toyed with the idea of Fraser uh, getting a job as a radio psychologist. I don't even know if that job still exists anymore. Um, radio doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, so here's reason one not to do a reboot. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we had never. I don't even know if you guys toyed around with it. But we never quite been able to to break what that story was going to be on Cheers. So we just shelved it away. So we started thinking of it again. And, and all of a sudden, the radio station starts taking shape and the other characters and, you know, the bulldog character and the Gil Chesterton and, oh, there's the producer, Roz. And that that started taking shape and we rather liked it. And then at some point we went, wait a minute, I think we've just done WKRP in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, and so while we were mulling that over, uh, it, it may seem like a dark reason, but around that time my father had a stroke and it became very clear to me that I was going to have to become the parent to my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and in thinking about it, I, I went, you know, I can't be the only one that this is happening to uh, in my demographic. And I mentioned it to the guys and they went, well, what if we just do the radio station as a... as the place Frasier works and still populate it with those characters. But the main story will be what if Frasier has a dad and something happens to him and he has to take care of him. And, uh, and well, you know how that turned out. Well, what's also interesting in separating Frasier from Cheers is that Cheers was very much a workplace ensemble comedy and Frasier at its heart, was a family show. I remember when we went in to pitch to NBC, uh, and if anybody wants, I can tell you the exact people that were in the room because there are about a thousand people who claim to be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Warren Littlefield, Perry Simon, and uh, Jamie Tarsus. <laughs> okay. And the creators, just That's to get it. that on the record. That's it. That's it. Pete Rose was not in that room. No, I think maybe... Michelle Obama was not in that room. Uh, yeah. One of the paranormal... I think maybe Pike may have been there, too. So. Okay. Um, uh, now, when we pitched it, uh, the first thing we said was, 
well, believe it or not, we're going to pitch you a family comedy, not a workplace comedy. And uh, jaws dropped. I mean, they, <laughs> they were uh, excitedly happy. Oh, about good. that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and you decided to move it to Seattle to get it as far away from Boston as you could? Exactly. I mean, it seems strange because it's all fictional, but... Uh, um, in a very real sense, um, when we were doing Wings the first couple of years, you know, the network really pressured us because it took place in Nantucket, which is a short plane ride from Boston. They went, why don't more of the regulars from Cheers just pop over to say hello? And we did it a couple of times. Yeah, we did it. We wrote the one where uh, Frazier and comes over. Very, come very over. funny. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> the crane train to mental happiness. Oh, yes. <laughs> mental like happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, again, with that thing about, oh, we want to be our own show, you know. Um, so we thought, well, this time we're just going to move whatever the show is. We're going to move it as far away from Boston <laughs> as we can. And uh, um, and that worked. Then then we could do it at our own schedule because we because we, we had the excuse going, why would Norm get on a plane and fly all the way to, to Seattle to go visit an old bar buddy? Really, <laughs> the only time... In the first few years that you brought somebody back, it was B.B. Uh, Newirth as Lilith. Which makes which you sense. understand. It's exactly. his ex-wife. And David and I wrote those. And then you brought Sam back. And David and I wrote that episode, yeah. too. Uh, I don't remember the script all that well. I'm sure the writing was excellent. But I found that generally when we brought those characters back, that after a while it just didn't. They feel forced or something. That one was weird because it had now been several years since Cheers. And you figure, well, Kelsey, Kelsey, well, Frazier is going to ask what's going on in Cheers. And so we said, do we have to go to the Charles brothers and sort of figure out like what you're messing with their with, legacy, you know, their legacy. Yeah. And, and basically everyone said, no, just, yeah, just do, do, just, just do it. So it's like, well, David and I sat and, uh, okay, well, this is what happened to him and this is what happened to her and this is what happened to her. One yeah. thing besides being fun that that episode got to do, which I liked was there were a lot of inconsistencies between Cheers yes. and Frazier. <laughs> yes, there were. And I think we cleaned up, we or did you most cleaned up them. every single yes. one of them. Yes, yeah. You said your father was dead. I was mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Casting was such a huge part of that show. Let's spend a, a few minutes talking about that. John Mahoney. Well, when we pitched it to the network, you know, you, you probably have this experience. You, you're, you're supposed to go in picking somebody that's a type of what the character you're thinking of. Is mm-hmm. um, and we said, okay, Frazier has a father. Um, you know, we're thinking of somebody like John Mahoney. And uh, Littlefield and Simon went, oh, well, he's great. If you can get him, he's pre-approved. We went, oh, that's great. We'll try. And then the next thing was, um, uh, and uh, we want to have a brother. We're thinking of somebody like David Hyde Pierce. Think of, oh, we love him. If you can get him, he's pre-approved. Um, there was one other that... Uh, we we always had trouble with Roz, but uh, oh, uh, Daphne. It was like, well, we can't decide uh, which actress, but we're thinking maybe maybe she we're going to be English. And they went, oh, if if, if it's English, uh, then uh, this actress Jane leaves. If you can get her, she's pre-approved. So uh, we went out and got all those people, 
and didn't have to go through that endless yes. craziness of network yes. tests, and which was such a relief. Um, well, as the story goes, <clears throat> Sheila Guthrie, who was in casting, is the one who saw a tape on David Hyde Pierce mm-hmm. and said, hmm, he'd be interesting as the brother, and she came to you guys and... She did. That. She didn't know. At the time we were writing, we didn't have a brother. And uh-huh. she came and suggested David. And uh, we looked at this tape. We had tape then. <laughs> tape, um, yeah. Uh, we looked at this tape and went, oh, my God, this, we need to write something for this guy. And one of those great leaps of faith, we had him in our office to meet. We had no script with anything written for Niles. And we said, well, we're doing this character. Do you want to do it? And uh, we really hadn't heard him read anything. So uh, we were taking a great leap. And uh, David tells the story of uh, calling up his agent and asking him how it how it went. And, and the agent went, well, it must have gone pretty well because they just offered you the part. <laughs> so, and there was no reading. It was just it was just taking a chance. Yeah. But sometimes somebody will walk in your office and you just go, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Eddie. have to ask you about Eddie. Eddie. Uh, we were doing some... We, we were forced to watch a testing of, of an episode of Wings. It had to do with the uh, the titles, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, whether people liked them or not, whether people were tuning off. So they do the thing. We go... We're on the other side of the mirror, you the know. two-way the, glass, Where they yeah. tell the audience, there's no one whose feelings yeah. can be hurt on the other side <laughs> of this window. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're sitting there chewing our fingernails. Um, and uh, so we're watching this testing, and it doesn't matter how it turned out. But um, while we're there, we're asking the testing guys, okay, what makes the meter, <laughs> what makes the, them turn the dials to the positive thing? Went, oh, that's easy. It's babies and, and, and dogs. Uh, preferably puppies, and uh-huh. uh, and so Peter and David and I just went. We're putting a freaking dog in. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grub Street. <laughs> That's Grub That's Street. Street. Really, it's <laughs> literally and figuratively. Um, and so they took us out to a park, Magnolia, uh, the park on Burbank, out in the valley, um, and uh, they gave us two or three dogs and an orangutan. I think they thought that was funny. Um, uh, and David just looked at it and went, that looks like it would be Fraser's father's dog. And we went, yeah, I guess so. And you didn't have him read or anything, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we cast purely by type. <laughs> Another thing about Fraser is that right from the get-go, a lot of times shows will take two or three years to sort of find its groove. But you guys established a sophisticated tone that like right from the pilot was there including the the title cards and the opening it's not even a, a an opening title sequence it's just that little mm-hmm. 10 second blurb, blurb. um Obviously, that was something that was on your mind. Was that, again, to separate you from Cheers? Or it's just you wanted to do a more sophisticated comedy? Uh, Well, we always want... I wouldn't say we wanted to do a more sophisticated comedy, uh, although I think, knock on wood or whatever, I think that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, 
after wings where we were as i said where we were so unsure of ourselves i think now we we were had a little stiffer spine right. and uh, i peter and david and i just said you know let's do something that we like Okay, and, and let's not worry if there's a joke that somebody doesn't get. If I got it and I like it, let's let's put it in. Um, and the other thing we did uh, is we also decided to ask the question "why" a lot, <clears throat> and we asked it about basically every convention of of sitcoms. Why does there have to be long opening titles? Why does there have to be a picture of a building between every scene? Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes the answer was, well, because that's the best way to do it. Why right. does there have to be music between scenes? Sometimes it's the best way to do it. Otherwise, if if the answer is because that's the way it's always been done, you just need to look at that and, and maybe think of something else. And uh, that... Uh, that's why there's no music in between uh, the scenes, and th- we don't go to the outside of Fraser's apartment to remind us that he actually lives in a building. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured the audience was smart enough for that, and it's also why there are um, um, jokes that maybe not everybody gets. Uh, the other thing that we did, which is Seinfeld was really ascended at the time, and I love Seinfeld and, you know, I'm such an admirer of that work, but they were trading on really short scenes mm-hmm. where you come in, you get a couple of jokes, bang, there's your the music, and you're off to the next one, and there's another couple of jokes, great jokes, and you're off to the next scene. Um, and uh, Peter and David and I really consciously tried to uh, make the scenes as long as possible. They really were one-act plays. Yeah, that's what we wanted. Uh, a couple of times we actually got one-act plays out of them where mm-hmm. it took place in real time. And uh, uh, I remember the first, the end of the first season was a, an episode called uh, uh, My Coffee with Niles. And it was it was just Fraser and Niles sitting in Cafe Nervosa having coffee and the other characters come and stuff. But it took 22 minutes to film, and it took 22 minutes in real time. So, right. Uh, and I remember Don Olmeyer, who was running NBC at the time, said, oh, you guys are getting pretty proud of yourselves, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, we are, Don. Well, I remember the last episode that my partner and I ever wrote on Frasier. It was like oh, the third to the last one. Miss Right Now. And we're standing on the stage, and it's playing really well with the audience. And I turned to David, and I said, will this be the last time that anyone lets us write a sophisticated half-hour comedy on television? And was it? So far, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so far, yeah. And what's that, only 16 years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I look at television now and and sitcoms and and i go why can't there be it doesn't have to be frazier but why can't there be a sophisticated comedy with jokes that are really funny i think one of the things that we were really fortunate about is you mentioned you alluded to it earlier um that Frasier was a critical and a rating success sort of right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And that makes the network leave you alone. Yeah. 
And we were so lucky because, you know, there's nothing that can weigh heavier on your shoulders and make you less inclined to write sophisticated, witty humor than having somebody breathing down your neck all the time. Yeah, I remember during the, the pilot that after a run through, one of the network people who will remain nameless said, do you really need the dad? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and this is a person taking credit for the development of Frasier. Who claims to have been in the room when it was been. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, what about the reboot of Frasier? What what is your thought about that? In a word, no. (laughs) Know that it's never going to happen. Know that you wouldn't want to be involved. Um, Look, it's... You have to think about where we left Frazier, you know, uh, and that in the last episode, he was on an airplane headed to Chicago to be with Laura Lenny. Mm-hmm. Okay, that maybe there's something there. Um, John Mahoney has since died. Right. Um, Niles and Daphne are married and have a child which would now be 17 years old, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Unlike Will and Grace, where, I, where it's the type of show where you go, okay, we're, we're all moving back in together. And you go, okay, I'll right. buy that. <laughs> um, uh, I'll buy it because it'll be fun. Um, I don't, I, I, for the life of me, can't figure out what, what gets those people in a room together other than the yearly Christmas dinner. Right, right. You know. um, And just to set him in a different world with a lot of different characters. That's a new series. That's a a new series. And to me, that also depends so much on who's who's doing it. And, you know, we all came from Cheers. You know, back back in those days, you know, there was really a training program. You know, we learn from Glenn and Les, who learned from Jim Brooks. I mean, it all kind of stems from Jim, Jim Brooks, Brooks and the Mary Tyler Moore show and Taxi, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone from Frasier learned from you guys. And, uh, and that's a long time ago, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I think don't, the I don't, successful series we beget was uh, Modern Family. Right, which was Steve two, and two of your Lloyd. people. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So. Well, David, this has really been a treat. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Oh, and Karen. you're directing now. Well, just, we'll just spend a couple of seconds talking <laughs> about that. You're, well, you're directing a lot of theater now. A lot of it. Um, when uh, when uh, uh, Frazier stopped, I started to say went off the air, but it's still on the air. When Frazier stopped being in production. Yes. Uh, I just went back to my first love, which was theater and directing theater. And um, I've, uh, I made an assault on New York a few years ago, which ended in tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, it assaulted me right back. <laughs> and, uh, but now I, I have several uh, regional theaters around the country that like my work. And uh, uh, most recently this last year I did a, a revival of the musical Ragtime, which just won a ton of awards. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. And uh, I get a great deal of satisfaction out of it. And uh, um, so that's what I do. And I do it when I want and where I want. And it makes me happy. 
Sounds good. Well, thank you for all the help that, that you've given me as a director. And, um, and it's been a pleasure working with you for all those years. Right back at you. So uh, no parting gifts. <laughs> Maybe one of my plays to read. <laughs> Thanks, David. Sure. And that will do it for this edition of Hollywood and Levine. Our thanks again to David Lee. Really good stuff, huh? I mean, the creation of Frasier, a lot of inside material there. So thank you, David. Also thanks, as always, to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, Howard Hoffman, John Wolfert, Bruce and Jason Miller. I would love a five-star review. And I, I say that, you know, the week that I have a really good interview. Anyway, I would love that on iTunes. Also a review. I know I'm shameless. If you want to email me, hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That again, hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. I'm on Twitter at Ken Levine. I'm on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. Back next week with more. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Hollywood and Levine.